ozone is my witness and i count like icons keep your eyes on don't miss this wait what is this a lot of pressure on me but you don't know me man i asked for this and so i laugh at this it's the fourth quarter hello everybody live from the greatest city on the planet los angeles this is uh the ozone how about that jam that was nice, nice. Submitted by a, uh, and uh, it, see, we keep it all in the family in the Ozone. It was love. Love was the love. They decided to fire it up. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm back in LA and I'm pumped up. Got a little bit of the jet lag, but you'd never know it. I'm back. Still at him. I'm here with real. my brother. Oh man, that lag is so real. I'm here with my brother, the icons, Terry Miller. How you feel? I feel good. I'm not a lag. I'm not anymore. Oh, you got it together. I'm trying to get it together. It's tight. It's tough, man. Real you take tough. them 12-hour flights. They they weigh on you. Mess up your guts and everything. But we're back. We're live in the Ozone. And we wanted to uh, cover quite a few things since the last time we talked to you. The Cleveland Cavaliers has made us both look very bad uh, so <laughs> Thank far. you very much. Thanks, Cavs. Love you for that. Want to cover the NBA Finals. Want to cover uh, a big fight coming up this weekend. A rematch. Right. Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev. The Crusher. SOG versus The Crusher. I want to talk about that one for sure. We have some buffoonery going on out in New York because the Yankees are just clobbering fools. It's a new murderer's row. I mean, and it's not even necessarily big names. There's one big giant man out there doing a lot of damage. But man child. It's a lot of people doing work. And his, he's spreading it out all over the place. Uh, but what I want to start off with is where we just came back from. Oh, Paris, je t'aime. Oh. <laughs> so we just got back from Paris where we were out doing some fun activities uh, with the Tennis Channel called Advantage Omar. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty awesome. You can find it on my Facebook page, on the Icons Facebook page as well. Having a hard time talking because I've been speaking French for the last three yeah, weeks. Got to loosen it up. Got to loosen up my tongue, loosen up my buttons. Um, but wow, what a tournament. Was. What a mouse. The way it finished up was even, wow. All right, let's 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 just get into this and be serious about something that sounds completely absurd. Which is? Rafael Nadal just won his 10th Roland Garros French Open. King of clay. He is the king of clay. And to me, it's just, I mean, it's, it's literally mind-blowing. Dominating fashion. He didn't drop a set. Drop I'm, a I'm set. looking at the scores right now. My man got on the scene and put in work. Warinka had one opportunity early to, to he, early to make his statement that he didn't do it. He yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get over that hump. He needed he needed to break early. I'm a firm believer that Rafael Nadal, even on clay, has that gene where kind of like LeBron James, um, where the greatness is obvious, you know. But at the same time, there is a little room for to create doubt if you pound them early. But you it's it's almost like they have the little brother syndrome as opposed to the mm. big brother effect. And and if you pound them early, you have a chance. I'm not saying that you'll beat them because both of them Don't are still say that about all, all uni- no 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 all universe. <laughs> I mean, but but we're talking about Nadal. This guy it's it dominated. Been so incredible to watch him. We got to Man. watch him play, and he just the, the game looks like it's almost like the other guys. At one point, one guy just retired. The number twenty player in the world, a fellow Spaniard, just retired, and that actually hurt the rest of the the, the tournament, the for, seating and everything. Sure did because. He only had to play in his quarterfinal match. He only had to play a set, really. He only had to play 10 games. Right. Then he won the first set 6-2, second set. He was up 2-0, and the guy was like, you know what? I um, pulled my uh, maneuver. <laughs> and and then that was that for him. Where's the maneuver located? Yeah, but I don't know, but I got to get out of here. <laughs> he didn't want to take that pounding. And maybe he was actually hurt. I'm not going to try to say, you know, the guy didn't really want to play. But... It took so much of the wear and tear potentially off of Nadal. Right. By the time that Rawinka got to the finals, he had played a lot. And you need every advantage that you can when you're playing this guy. Rafael Nadal has come back from being out of the top 10, I think, for a good amount of time due to injury, due to various activities. And now the domination is back on. It feels like it's like 20, you know, 2008 or something, 2007, 8, 2010, because Federer and Nadal are back. We saw that crazy match at the Australian Open that we thought would be the last time we saw it. But now, potentially, we're talking about there could be some action at Wimbledon. Yeah. What are you What are you predicting? Well, I'm predicting that Roger Federer is going to win Wimbledon. But, uh, but, but I don't want to skip over what it is that Rafael Nadal accomplished because he's the only player in history to win the same slam 10 times. 
How how long do you think that's going to take for anybody to break that record? At least ten years. <laughs> but, but I don't. I mean, I don't I'm know. About, is there anybody in the up and coming ranks that might be able to do it? No, nobody's going to win. I mean, you that that means you dominate one surface so thoroughly, and not only do you dominate it, there's nobody else there that's even given you. You know, I mean, the doll's been challenged before for the you know in the in the championship, right? But. Um, for these other ones, you're, you're, I mean, it, it was nine. The record was nine. And so him getting the 10 was a very big deal. And you saw the emotional outburst. One thing about Rafael Nadal, we actually saw Nadal out there face to face. And when you see him, he's a much bigger guy than he looks on television. And he got the rock star treatment from all the fans as well. Oh man, people went nuts for Rafa. Went nuts when he walked by and took it up to the tree house. But, but I, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's like a, He's he really looks more like an athlete when you see him in person sure than he does. does on TV. Yeah, he's lean. He's lean. He's a big, but he but yeah. he's also muscular. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with Rafa Nadal. I mean, I thought Stan Rowenka actually had. Uh, I thought he had a chance in this in this match, and he got straight set it in the finals, and that was wow. I mean, I, there's nothing we can't say enough about it. Obviously, when you go and you've won nine straight, you're you're the favorite going in. But we had an interesting development, which was Andre Agassi teamed up with Novak Djokovic, and in him teaming up with Novak Djokovic, there was a there was a uh, a thought that maybe this is the dream team of player and coach. Uh-huh. And Novak took a semi early outing. Yeah, you know, you know, but this is their first go around. It's their first go around. So, would yeah. you say it was a fail, or did you think that that they would get farther in the tournament? Well, that's up to them. What you know, what they set the standard at. I'm sure that they set the standard of winning the whole tournament. But I'm just saying that you know they have to have realistic goals and expectations out of something like that. He has to adjust to you know they have to adjust to each other's style. Right. Yeah, and I mean Novak was at a point where he was totally and completely dominant for about a two-year period when it looked like Nadal and Federer were going away, and they've since had a resurgence, and he's not even necessarily losing to them. He's just not playing at his maximum potential, and I don't know, you know, I don't think there's any injury or anything like that. I just think it's the ebb and flow of sports with the way that it works. And it's all about the seating as well. You meet the right person you at know, the, the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong person at the right time. But yeah, either way, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a the truth. It's the truth. I mean, I, I'm just, you can't say enough about it. It's great. I mean, the guy's a young guy, but for the first time, I think they said in the open era, you have the top five players are all, the top five male ranked players are all over 30 years old. It goes to, to speak to that, uh, what we were talking about before on the last podcast with the sports science effect Mm -hmm. and the way that athletes are taking care of themselves and taking care of their bodies and what's available for them now to continue to play. I mean, Serena Williams just is about to to have twins, I think, or she's having a baby at least, and she's 35, 36. No one on the planet thinks she's not going to come back and win more Grand Slam tournaments, win more majors. She says she'll be back next year. Yeah, I believe that she will. And all these all these women better eat right now while she's gone because when she comes back, school is out. I don't know. I don't really agree because then her attention will be pulled. Otherwise, she'll have a child. The child will come first, so she won't be able to focus like she had in the past. It seems as though her full focus was always on tennis. Yeah. And when it was always on tennis, she was pretty much unbeatable. Right. Now a child is completely different. You know, you're going to have – to worry about this child, and that's going to take away from your game a little bit. I don't see it. She's so far ahead of the field. Even her having her attention taken away to me, it, she's still going to be, you know, leaps and bounds. Well, right? she's going to have to get back in shape first and foremost. First and foremost, but she, there's no rush. That's the thing. She's got time. She's got access to the best medical and uh, athletic attention on the planet. She's superior as an athlete physically. She sure is. So, you know, I think I think if anything, maybe the kid actually gives the other players a chance. Oh, yeah. You know, but Ostapenko won the Latvian young star. She's only 20 years old, this girl that won. She's aggressive, too. I she like sure her style. She sure is. I like her style. I like And her I style. thought Simona Halep was going to beat her, to be honest. Did you? Yeah, and she came out. She won the first set, 6-4. And the thing I liked about Ostapenko is that she was aggressive. She went for the winners. She went for it. It wasn't a, you know what I mean? She she went out and took it. She went out and beat the champ. Yeah, she, she wasn't waiting for something to happen or a mistake or anything. She made it. She created her own opportunity yeah, throughout her own the opportunity. tournament. Yeah, and she, throughout the tournament, and and she got busy, and I love that. 
I hope she's. I hope she's now, not what somebody. She ranked, what she ranked? She wasn't even ranked. She's she out of the ranked. top, right? You know, out of the top thirty, I do believe. Yeah. And and she came in and she put a whooping on quite a few. She she got hot at the right time. Hasta pinko. Man, I it, was, it was serious. I she's so young. Yeah. I want to hear more of her name because yeah. I don't want her to be a, a flash in the pan. Right. You know, when a she one won it once. Even though that, you know, it's, she's won, she won more <laughs> grand, grand slams than I ever have. So I don't really have a, a leg to stand on. But at the same time, you know, there's a uh, there's something to say about this longevity. And she's so young, especially what we're talking about in the world of the age being older now where you can participate, where you can get busy. I think that it's it's uh, the sky is the limit for, and there was a couple of early exits as well. Angelique Kerber got out early. There's a lot of early exits on the women's side at the high ranks that didn't really. I don't know. That, that one thing that I like about tennis is with the court differences, you're now in a position where if the we because of the different surfaces, you really do have a, a, a marked advantage. And this is the thing that I can't understand when you talk about basketball. In basketball, the court dimensions are the same everywhere you go. But you're telling me when you play at home, you would literally there's a 10 to 20 point swing on your ability because just because you're at home, the you court gotta, is still the same length. You have the six man. Six. I just I just can't believe that. I can't believe that grown people, men and women, but in, in the case of basketball, grown men are this mentally fragile that the actual game changes for you. Now, I understand when you start talking about the way that the game is called and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, it's not even the fragility of it all. What it, I think it is is that just that everybody's, uh, what do you want to say, spirit or energy or however you want to call it, has a lot to do with the way that the game is played when you're in home home court. You know, you're at the home court. You have everybody's cheering for you. Everybody's on your side. When you're away, everybody's. So you're talking see- about the power of energy here. You're going deep. Yeah, pretty Go much. Go deep. We there already. Ooh, I can hardly <laughs> breathe. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, I see what you're saying. You're saying, like, even on a metaphysical level, like yeah. those experiments when they a guy has a, a, a glass of water in, in the freezer and, and yells curse words at it nonstop and it turns black versus nurturing and positive thought and energy. Exactly. Wow. No, I never thought of it that way. Because so that's, that's what that home court is all about, more so than anything. So the dimensions could be the same, but you're talking about having 50,000 people against you or 50,000 people for you. So why do you think that the handful of athletes that are great don't care or learn how to turn that to be in their advantage? Because they are in the zone, as they say, and the crowd really doesn't have, you know, it's like in back in the day when you're playing and somebody will say, hey, good luck or have a good, you know. Why do I need luck? I prepared. I've pl- if you prepared, yeah, you know. I'm prepared. But then there's the other phrase, which is that it's better to be lucky than good. Because there's a lot of things that bounce the, you know, balls that bounce the way of luck that seem to change everything. Well, I think that you create a lot of those situations. By being prepared. Yeah, by being prepared. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. True that. And I would say that's what's up. <laughs> you know, but I think that. It, it, there's a very interesting thing that took place while we were over there. You know, we were indulging in lifestyle behavior as well as watching sports. And I just thought it was very interesting. We watched a match with Andy Murray and uh, Andy Murray came back and won in a in a pretty interesting match. We had great seats. Thanks to Tennis Channel. And um, Afterwards, he spoke on the terrorist activities and the tragedies that happened and that were happening. I want to see if we can play a little of that. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, it was a terrible tragedy in London. We had also uh, in Manchester only six or seven days ago. Paris has also had some, some problems in the, the last year or two. And yeah, I'm sure everyone would join me in, you know, sharing our. You know, thoughts and prayers with everyone uh, who's been affected by this. It's um, it's it's been very. Uh yeah, it's obviously something that's affected you know large parts of of Europe and, and all over the world. Um, and obviously, want things to keep getting better and obviously appreciate everyone still coming out to support the tennis, creating a fantastic atmosphere and I'm grateful that I can come out and perform in front of you. Thanks. I think that that was absolutely awesome by Andy Murray because we were there in Paris when that meathead decided to pull out a hammer from his backpack at Notre Dame and hit a cop in the back of the head. The cop's uh, partner saw what was going down. He acted quickly 
and he put that guy down. And he didn't kill him, uh, which also was impressive. He just disabled him so they could question him and so on and so forth. And the police officer didn't die. He was in the hospital, but he didn't die. Um, you know, but this is part of what's going on, which is all of these terrorist activities. You could definitely feel the tension in the air. There's a little bit of chaos, just the, the feeling over there uh, from after what happened to in Manchester with the, the tragedy there to what happened with the attacks on the bridges in London to then the hammer scenario uh, in at Notre Dame. Part of what this seems to be about is disrupting a common way of life um, for people in certain countries. And I thought it was great that Andy Murray was came out and said that and showed how much bigger sport, even fandom, is than just coming out and watching a game or a match. Because that's what he was speaking on. He's speaking on the idea that, hey, I really appreciate you guys still coming out to support the tennis. He made it bigger than himself, which is great because you don't often see that from athletes. You know, usually it's all about them. Right. They can take the low road and basically yeah. hide under their celebrity. Yeah. And, you know, being responsible, though, he's taking his position serious. And it's great. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Andy Murray fan, but that made me have a lot of respect for him. Um, and And I just I think more artists and athletes should speak out. And continue to encourage. Uh, I thought it was great that Ariana Grande went back to Manchester and performed and visited the hospitals and stuff. This is, you know, we're all in it together, folks. And the more you travel the world, the more you recognize that we are more similar than we are uh, different. And it's just about finding those common grounds and reasons to celebrate one another as opposed to reasons to tear each other down. I really believe that. But Kudos to Ostapenko, kudos to Andy Murray for that, and kudos to the champ, Rafael Nadal, 10 times. There's nothing we can say that hasn't already been said about him. Uh, very impressive. He he got off of his normal uh, routine of having only his uncle as his coach. He actually recruited another coach, and it's helped him turn his game up. And I always love to see athletes making adjustments, and it truly is what separates the good from the great, being able to make those adjustments. It's true. So moving on, speaking of adjustments, I want to talk about the NBA Finals. A and the adjustments seem like they have not been made. By the referees? Uh, this is what I want to speak on. And uh, you know what? And Next Victim wants to speak on it. Good afternoon. Next Victim, welcome to the Ozone. Back in Koreatown. What's happening, my brother? What up, bruh? What's going on, y'all nasty brothers? I'm good. <laughs> we ain't nasty. We just said we just seen the world, brother. We ain't done nothing wrong. <laughs> but we want to get right into it because I'm gonna tell you the truth. I slept through two of the finals games because they were so lopsided. And one because I was just lagged out. And the last game, game four, which is a game that the Cavs won, I said, I'm gonna take a quick nap. I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna watch the game. I went to take a quick nap. I woke up. It was 13 hours later. And you took a quick sleep. And I took a long sleep. And one thing that I've realized uh, is that I woke up to about eight texts from all of my friends with NBA is rigged, hashtag conspiracy theory. What's going on? What's your take on the NBA's role in these finals? That's, a, that's what I want to that's – that's where I want to start at. Is it rigged? No. These dudes are trying to prove that they are the best. So, no, the referees, no, they don't have nothing to do with it. They're calling the game. You know, unless you put on those stripes, you don't know exactly what's going on or what to call. You have to anticipate everything. You're measured to the highest expectations from the fans' point of view, basically. And that's, 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 that's unfair for the referees. Why? Is it rigged? Because... Come on. The referees don't have to answer anybody. The referees should have to have a press conference after the, the games to answer why they did all this bogus stuff that they did the last game. That was terrible. Ooh. It's, it's not bogus. What are you talking about? It ain't bogus. How did Draymond Green end up with two technicals and then he ends up with one? And they show and they had it marked in the official book. Even if it was marked in the official book, that makes it official. You can't go back and change something that's official. That's That makes it literally official. So even if they made a mistake... That he has to live with that mistake. That means that he probably right. he that's, wouldn't be playing that's tonight. That's why they have a replay, so they can go back and make the changes, right? No, that's why they, that's no. why they implemented a replay. No, no. And they went to the they went to the they went to the replay when it happened, and right when it happened, Steve Kerr was not called for a technical, and that's everybody saw that. 
It wasn't Steve Kerr. It was Draymond Green who, who had a flagrant foul, who threw an elbow and hit Amani Shumbert in the face slash neck, flopping and kicking. And that's a, and he got a tech because he complained so after they fair, gave him it. So is it fair to say that referees can get caught up in the, in the, in the game five momentum also? No, it's that's not fair I to say. They should, they should these know. Dudes, these dudes are put no. on the highest measure. It doesn't matter. They're professional. They can't get caught up in on either side. They have to call the game the way that the game is supposed. If I call a technical on you later on in the game, just because you're going to get kicked out of the game, I can't say, well, you know what? Next victim's going to get kicked out of the game. Uh, you know what? We better take that back. No, you have to go. You got to pay. You got to pay. But hold on a second. Hey. But 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 my question is this. I feel like the referees are humans. So I think they get caught up in the sway of the game. And I also think that the game is rigged from time to time. So I, I, I can't I can't front and act like, you know. I've been thinking the game was rigged forever. Yeah, but but in this situation, I think there's a there's I think it's both. I think that when you talk about rigged in a traditional sense, I don't think it's that. I think it's they give a certain team or player a little bit of help. And because the players are so good, you only need a little bit of help. And that actually influences the course of the game. Well, for me, the biggest problem with that the other night was because the game was so bad that you couldn't tell it was fixed, but we couldn't tell who the fix was going for. That's how bad it was. It was, it was like it. it was like the referees weren't on the same page with the fix. It was like, damn, who are you? No, it goes back to what Big O was saying. And Mark Jackson has said it during the game. You have Dante Jones that's on the sideline that's getting technical uh, foul calls on him. Because it's, it's all about the name of the player that's on the back of the jersey. So it, does that make it fixed? Yes. No. It does. No. It Come makes on. it fixed Either because way. the game is supposed to be called the same way for everybody. So if you're not calling it the same way, that makes it fixed. Wow. I don't think. I, I, dis, I disagree. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, my thing is the dimensions, unlike other sports, well, unlike baseball, I guess, and golf, and even tennis, the dimensions of the court are exactly the same. Why is there such a swing? I just can't understand. You're telling me that there's a there's a the feebleness or a fragility in the athlete, or you're telling me that the game is called differently. Because I don't understand. I understand the idea of the other the 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 fans and so on and so forth. But you know, in my limited sporting experience, my game is pretty consistent across the board, no matter where I'm going to play, no right. matter which sport I'm playing. I can do what I can do, and I cannot do what I cannot do. But what you can count on is some consistency. We're talking about in these NBA finals, the first three games that I watched, King James is out there dolo, basically. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, every night. Kyrie Irving just started to show up in game three. Tristan Thompson has, as the coach used to say to us, get your head out of your ass. He's got his head in the sand somewhere. And I don't know what's going on. LeBron James got him all that cheese, $85 million worth, to help him win championships. JR as well. JR is out there high. I don't know what's going on. These guys have not helped the King at all. <laughs> they started to help him in game three, and then they still tricked it. And I mean, to the I point know, where when you go out of the game, the brother can't step out of the game for literally five minutes without y'all tricking the league. <laughs> Come on, man. Five minutes? And what was the, the neg ratio? Oh, no, was run. through the roof. It's through the roof. When yeah. he's off the court, they just they literally fall apart. This is and, why he's the MVP. And I'm going to say something else that I know a lot of Warriors fans will think is completely out of line. All of this ridiculous talk about the Golden State Warriors being the best team of all time Are you kidding is exactly yeah. that. It's ridiculous. The Warriors aren't even that damn good. They're, the, the Warriors played a bunch of nobodies coming in, and then when they actually had to play somebody, they hurt the star player. So then they walk through that. Well, let's let's backtrack with that because now we got Jaja the enforcer out there. What is that? What's up now? All of a sudden, it went back and, and, and going to people's growing again. Exactly, and this is where the NBA got it wrong again because then they went over the footage and saw that after, he threw a punch. That he Mon threw a punch. Shumpert's growing back. Yeah, and you still don't say anything. Right cross to the nuts. What do you need? An uppercut? But that, <laughs> that, that that's why you get that. That would that cause a suspension? And he's doing other dirty stuff out there. That's just what was blatant. I mean, so you now, Jaja's the, the enforcer. He comes in now when the game started getting a little bit out of control and, and Cleveland starting to get a little physical with him. He came out there and started bringing the, the, the brute force. 
because on, we know that the Golden State Warriors can't take any sort of physical play. No. I actually, That's why you but, saw Kevin Durant break down at the end of that game. I think it's the other way around. I've been listening to people talk, and everybody's like, oh, they win because they, they won that last game because they shot the three so well and so on and so forth. Granted, I slept through the game. I can't call it, but what I can say is this. I didn't. They, they, they won that game. Um, obviously, you put up 137 points. You're supposed to win every game, including the All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> but – the way, in my opinion, that you beat the Golden State Warriors, this incarnation and the one from the past two and a half years, is to pound them. Don't settle for the three. Don't settle for the jumper. If you decide that they your have, game is about the jumper, you're now playing their game. Exactly. You have no. They have no interior. Draymond is you undersized. Have you have to you pound, pound them. You have to pound them. You have to play bully ball. You have to play bully ball. Golden State is very scrappy. And this but is why the Spurs dominated them for that first half and, and some change. Exactly. Until Kawhi got hurt. But you know that Because Marcus Aldridge was down there giving you big man work. Right. But you know that when you miss jumpers because they're low percentage shots. They outlet. They cherry pick on the outlet. Exactly. If you take a two instead of a three, then you're going to be more effective. The two is a higher percentage shot when you get it close to the basket. Right. Well, and That's, they give you. Ample opportunities to beat them. Exactly. This is why I Bad can't pass with this silly notion of them being the best team of all time. They've had 50 turnovers in the last three games. Come on, man. 50. You should get blown out every game when you have 50 turnovers. You should get blown out. Now, KD, all world. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Steph Curry, all world. I'm not trying to front on these. Clay. Me, myself, Clay is my favorite one on the whole team. I love Clay Thompson's Clay, game. Clay's doing the grunge work, but Draymond is still the glue. And, and yet... Even with all of that, they don't play the game the right way, and nobody has made them pay for it because everybody. You know what? I, I got to disagree on that too, though. They they play the game. I, I watched all the series, of course, right? All the four games, and this last game, I was like, "Wow, they cut, they scream." This is what they, they do. On I, no, I they agree. I agree with they that. Play I agree the with the that. Right way. No, but they take advantage of teams that don't play the game the right way. And it's like old school slam and jam basketball where they cherry pick. You get a rebound, they cherry pick. The good thing I like about what Golden State does is everyone, whoever gets that rebound, whoever gets that defensive rebound, they can all bring it up court, which causes a, a, a problem. A matchup yeah. problem. Yeah. It causes yeah. a matchup problem. And the that's why Draymond is, like, is so oh. valuable. Yeah. And, right. I, and I agree right. with that. When they're bringing the ball up court, instead of Draymond brings it up court, everyone is running around on defense like, where's my man? Like, where's my Everybody's man trying to scramble. And if you can't match up, you run into a serious problem. Now, here lies the problem. So much confusion. It causes confusion. But there's a great chance that when Steph gets the ball, he decides to, instead of a bounce pass for a cut for a jam, he decides to razzle-dazzle and throw it behind his back and off somebody's foot. Now, if you then take if, the two, if he then throws the ball off of someone's foot and you come down and take a 40 footer, you're not playing the game the right way. And neither are they. No. And you've effectively allowed them. I've watched of 82, you know, games. I probably watch a good 60 Golden State Warrior games because my mother is obsessed. And I've watched them in and out. The team, they, they have incredible talent on the team. But when teams make them pay for playing the wrong way, they lose. They're susceptible <laughs> to a loss just like everybody else. Yes. Now, well, the thing that I want to introduce is in real life, if somehow or another, I think that they're going to lose tonight. I think that the Cavs are going to lose. I think the series is going to be over. And I think they're going to set up the parade in Oakland. I think Jack London Square is about to be lit. I think it's going down on the international. Somebody should stop by the spot and get that dope burrito they got. <laughs> but. We disagree all if, day today, brother. If somebody, if somehow or another the Cleveland Cavaliers win this game tonight, the series is on. And, and, and I tell you something else: if somehow or another LeBron James pulls <laughs> off a three-zero comeback victory, First I am going to say that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. <laughs> I can't okay. front. There's, I could. I can't. As much as, I, and I, everybody knows me knows. <laughs> I did not like the Lakers in the 80s despite growing up out here. I personally think Magic Johnson is the greatest player to ever lace him up, me, myself. But if he can come back from this, forget about it. Especially 
I mean, he's going to have to do it. At least one of these games, the guys are going to go brain dead again, and they're not going to help him out. I don't know because they came back 3-1 last time. But Yeah, but that was 3-1. That wasn't 3-0. That's not 3-0. That's a big difference. 3-0 is big. That's big. It takes so much to come back. But you know what, though? Golden State is rattled now because they're thinking about about that 3-1 comeback. I don't know if they're thinking about that. All they need is just like any shooter. All you need to see is one go down. Yeah. And all the confidence in the world begins. With Golden State in game four, they they figured it out. They figured it out. They started applying a little bit of pressure to Golden State full court, which now makes the whole offense completely just just different. KD is doing his thing. Can't stand the fact that what he's, you know, him coming from OKC, whatever. But. On a yeah, but that's, point, that, but that's because he's playing with no pressure. By the way, right? He's, he's playing. playing with no pressure. He's playing with no pressure. I mean, the, the I came front. Last year, oh, and, and, and he hit the big shot in game three, though. I came front on that. Can he finish? Can he close? Can he close? He closed series? game three, and low key, that's the biggest game of the series so far. Yeah. When Golden State won the first no. two, they didn't do nothing but hold court. They hold. Yeah. They held home court. The Cavs should have won game three, and they went brain dead late. And that, to me, is going to be the difference in the series. Well, you know what? They have a little bit too much one-on-one basketball because as nice as Kyrie Irving is, it's a lot of uh, yeah. It's but, a but lot that of game three, one going yeah, on. That, that game three where he went one-on-one at the end of the game, that hurt the team. It really hurt the team. He had, he had kept them in the game, but one-on-one at that point is not called for. You need to just go ahead, pass the ball, get you a two-for-one, and he, yeah, especially at that point in the game, yeah, as yeah. far as the as far as what the clock was. Yeah, and he and he went one-on-one and, and wore the clock down. He hurt the settled. team. He settled for different shots in that, in that series. But well, everybody I, settles against the Golden State Warriors. Right. And maybe I'm just wrong, and this is a testament to their greatness, because they do play good defense, but I just think that there's holes actually in their offense. I don't even think it's their defense that's a problem. I believe that with taking so many bad shots, and you watch, it's not like they, you know, they shoot well, obviously. But it's not like they don't give you ample opportunities to defensively rebound. Well, I think they lull the other team into playing their game because then the you got way. everybody want to shoot threes, right. and the, the three ball is is looks good. It's like arena football. You watch, we watch Atlanta Falcons do the <laughs> it's same. Like arena football. Yeah, you just watch them and it looks great, and then all of a sudden, once it's crunch time, it doesn't work. Yep, it doesn't well, work. With all, with all their shooters, you know, once the shot goes up, you you will see the Cavs just lick around and waiting, basically waiting for it to go in. In game four, when them shots went up, they were contested, and then they were going for the rebound. Got to get a body on them. Got to get a body on them. You have to get a body on every man. I've seen over the course of these four games. You expect the shot to go in. Yeah, but I don't know why. You're a professional basketball player, so you know that this is my job to box out and rebound in case it doesn't go in. It doesn't go in a good 56% of the time. So, you know, it's it's this is my job. But either way it goes. So you think the Cavs come back tonight, and when do you think the Warriors win is what I want to know? I don't. I don't. You got the Cavs hey, in seven. I do. Wow. I roll, I, roll, I, roll, I roll with the King. I roll with LeBron. I feel like. When LeBron you know, has his back against LeBron, the wall, you got problems. Yeah, he's, he's putting he, every single problems. time he's putting up dumb numbers. But I want to see how the tempo now, is we, set with the refs. We've seen, we seen it last year. We've seen the exact same thing last year. Yeah, they have KD, but with KD being on on the team this year, it's taken away from Clay's role. Sure has. Now the the majority of the conversation on social media on, on during the games is, oh, the best two handed team, uh, point guard and shooting guard in the league. Well, what happened to Clay? What what happened to the best three? I believe Clay won the shooting championship last year, right? Well, and then on top of that, we're looking at it now. The the discredited referee, Tim Donahue, has come out and said, hey, believe this. The NBA will instruct the refs to force a game six. And everybody likes to, for some reason, act like he was the only one on the payroll right. out there uh, when, when, they, when he got caught fixing games. I think the NBA has a great PR team because they've done a good job of just like stuffing that right under and discrediting him and making yeah just like they did with Jose Canseco and then we come to find that there's a bigger problem than you know but just for, like with Jose Canseco yeah. that's a good point yeah and you you watch the league and you watch it, this thing develop for years and that's for myself that's why I pulled away from basketball because it was just so jaded you just watch the games and even before the in the beginning of the season we could say that we were going to be here that we were going to see the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors that was 
before they even stepped on the court. That was before the season started. Come on, man. It's not supposed I mean, to be the like only, that. The only wrinkle was San Antonio. Yeah, and then, but then we buy in a little bit. We always think that there's hope. That, and that I think that comes from being Absolutely. an athlete. That comes from that comes from your competitive spirit as an athlete, right? Because and I don't believe that the players are in on it. No, no, God, no, the players are in. Not at all. This is why I'm saying you only need to help them a little bit, right? If we're playing baseball, and it's a it's a a one one pitch that could go either way, changes my bet. And you give me the ball, and now it's a two one count. Say if it's a two one pitch and it goes the wrong way, you give me a three one count. I'm about to mash because this is my job. I don't need much help. I don't need much. You help helped me out. You 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 effectively rigged the game for me. Thanks. That's right. what you've done. Yeah. You've rigged the game, so I know he's going to throw a fastball, and no matter where he throws it, I'm putting lumber on him. <laughs> a lot of it. Uh, hopefully, a real about thirty four <laughs> ounces worth. So, yeah, I don't know. Last thing for you, next victim. Want to get your your analysis and your pick really quick because we got to move for this weekend's big fight of the rematch of SOG versus the Crusher. Mm-hmm. I like SOG, but if he if, if oh man, it's hard to I call. This, Come on, uh, but I don't think that he really hurt the Crusher. And here, this fight. you you just you just made my point. I'm going with the Crusher as much as I love SOG. Yeah. I, I think I'm going with the Crusher on this one. I never saw him hurt the Crusher. No. He he outboxed him all. for the last seven rounds of the fight. Made him get really yeah. fatigued and made yeah, him look it, bad. He made him look bad. Yeah. But he's, order, he, the Crusher was still the he bigger didn't, guy. He didn't hurt him. If, if SOG goes to the – if he starts that body work, body work early and throughout the fight, he will hurt him. But if he's trying to throw the jabs up high, you know, and all that <laughs> – I don't even think it's about the punches. To me, I think it's about the footwork. It's about the footwork, and it's also about the jab. The jab is what's, yeah. what's going to keep the crusher away from him. But the crusher got a crazy jab. Yeah, but he has to establish that he wants to box and not fight. Yes. And, and the crusher wants to fight. He wants to brawl, and we have to keep it away from a brawl. If you go to a brawl, and if he imposes his will, then— As the bigger man. Yeah, as the bigger man, then Andre Ward really doesn't not going to really have a, a good chance. Oh. You know, and I feel he's gonna like go down if it turns into a boxing match. It's gonna, Andre Ward will go down if he turns into a boxing match. Yeah. No, if it's a boxing yeah, match, no. Andre Ward actually could win maybe ten to two. Yes, bro. but but right. if, it's if it's a, a if it's a brawl, right. if it's a fight, it's or if a it's a brawl, the first five, <laughs> the first five, you might not get out of that first five. You might be running first forty eight. Yeah. <laughs> you might be looking at an ID tag. <laughs> <laughs> but but you might not. Sog is Team Jordan for a reason. He's right. he's that kid is the top he's of the pound for pound list for a reason. I love Sog on a personal level. Mm-hmm. But, level but I believe that he has to put up to win the crowd back. He has to go in and show a little bit more because I believe just like all of us, and even he may believe that he didn't win that last fight. I wonder. Because I think he believes he won. I think he believes he won. Because the thing is, is he's a superior athlete. Yeah. I watched one of those, uh, the the HBO special, and one thing that Kovalev said really stuck with me. He said, you have to take the champ's belt. I, I was agree. the champion. He did not do enough to take my belt. I agree and, with that. And he didn't. I as agree much as I, As much as I, I have said that SOG won the fight. Uh, yeah, that's he, true. When you put it in the context of that. Especially after he dropped him. He didn't do enough to take the champ's wow. belt. I never saw Kovalev hurt. I saw him get pattered a bunch of times because he got tat 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 tat, especially late. But Crusher put them tips on him too. If I was Andre Ward, I would come out there and just pepper that eye. I sure would. I would just have his, and dance. Uh-huh. I would dance. Kovalev has no chance if he uses his no, footwork. If, no. if Andre Ward uses his footwork, his superior hand and foot speed, then Kovalev is going to look confused. Yeah. But if he goes out there timid like he did in the last fight in the first few rounds, he's got problems. I don't think he'll be timid this time. No, this is the this is the difference. I also think that there was ring rust involved. Because if you remember, Andre Ward had only had maybe two fights in the last three years or something crazy it, like I don't, that. I, th- I felt like it was more fear than anything because he was scared to He was death. on his bicycle. I mean, and we were ringside and looked at his face and his eyes and he was, it looked like he was expecting to get knocked out. You know who else was at that fight? Who? Next victim. <laughs> Oh, shut your ass. The, 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 the crybaby. The crybaby. Acting cry like baby. he never gets to go anywhere. Yeah. Crybaby cry victim. Next victim. <laughs> Thanks and for having me. You can hit me on Twitter at next victim. <laughs> <laughs> at crybaby. Yeah, we can hit you on Twitter at hashtag crybaby. <laughs> That's where we're going to hit you. Up. Next victim, I'll see you at the Golden State Warriors parade. Out. Out. Late. <laughs>
Ellie Secback live on the Ozone. How nice. you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. How is Paris? Oh man, Paris baguettes. Ooh la la. Oh la 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 la. Tennis baguettes, wine, uh, monuments. What do you want? Paris has it all. Honestly, Paris is in the, my top five favorite cities in the world, and it has been for a very long time. This time, it blessed me with good weather, and man, did we have a good time. You get to catch okay. a, uh, Advantage Omar by any chance? I I, uh, I I just watched. I just tweeted it out so everybody could go watch it. Great stuff. I mean, tennis is amazing. The only thing I would say about French, the only thing I don't like, and I, just me, is the cuisine. Oh, see, the, brother, you got it. You got to roll with. Oh, you got to roll with us. We we get your food right. We changed it up. There's a new Paris and there's a new culinary movement going right. on in Paris. It's not all stuffy and escargot. It's it's uh, it, there's some good eating to do out there. It's a lot of good eating. All right, so uh, next time you guys go out there, I'll join you guys. But, uh, man, I would tell you, like, frog legs and all that, I'll pass. No, 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 I don't want none of that. And I didn't eat none of that. I ate I ate juicy steaks. I ate chocolate mousse and tiramisu. I ate pizza, four cheese, quattro formaggi. I ate a lot of great stuff out there, man. Yeah. Some really, really solid stuff. And, and you know what? You're welcome to join. But what I want to know is, are you going to be out in Vegas this weekend? And what do you think about the Crusher versus Andre Ward coming up? Let's go. Okay, so last night I was in Lancaster, California, packed out to see Brandon Reels fight, and in the locker room, oh nice, how do you do? He did great. He he won by knockout and was an exciting fight from the first belt to the last belt. Good for Brandon. However, Brandon in the locker room with him was Virgil Hunter, who had a fighter with him named Mario Barrios, uh, nineteen and zero. But Virgil, I spoke to him last night, and Virgil said, "Look, our team doesn't talk smack. We're gonna punish him." We're wow. going to make him pay for everything. And they're very sad. I've never seen Virgil this serious. He's all business. And Ward is all business. So Kovalev's already in Vegas. Um, Virgil will be there. He and Ward later in the week, maybe Tuesday, tomorrow. Um, it's an interesting fight. For me, it's round 13. It's yes. not the first round. Yes, I agree. And if it's round 13, then I then you would have to go with Andre Ward. Strangely I am, enough. I am favoring him because during a fight, Kovalev started well, the first fight, and he dropped him, and it looked like he was on a way to cruise to a big victory, but he just faded out as the rounds continued, and Andre Ward improved from, fight, from round to round. He so, did. To me, it looks like Ward is the type of fighter, like a Floyd, that figures you out. Now, we're saying all this, but Crusher has the power, and he already showed it. So, I talked to Buddy McGrick this morning, trainer of the year, former champion. Yep. Buddy told me that if Kovalev works on his inside game, then Kovalev will win. Will win. But how can you work in an inside game in a camp? You know, I mean, he'll need more time than just one camp. So you need more than just one camp. My thing is this. If it's a boxing match, Kovalev might get shut out. If it's a brawl, SOG will probably get knocked out. To me, the difference is going to be about SOG and his approach. Last fight in the first four or five rounds, SOG looked scared as a ghost. And after he got knocked down, he showed the heart of a champion, and he got up, and he got busy. Now, my problem is he actually never hurt Kovalev. So Kovalev has no reason. There's no he, – he was never kept honest in a sense of, True. whoa, I need to step back because I'm getting, I'm getting beat up. Mm -hmm. There was never that element of it. He got outboxed, and he got outboxed probably from rounds 5 through 12 or so. But that power is a monster, and they have the weight classes for a reason – I believe there was some ring rust on the part of Andre Ward because he hadn't fought much before that fight. And I think that to come straight back to this fight with the same opponent, he has a brilliant boxing mind. There's no two ways about it. And he should have more confidence. And he should have more confidence. But now, uh, something to me, I'm favoring the crusher on this one. <clears throat> now, here's something crazy about Andre Ward that people know, but they don't emphasize. He has not lost a fight since he was 12 years old. I don't care what sport you're doing. I don't wow. care basketball tennis <laughs> wow who has not lost a fight since they were 12 and we're in his 30 so that's pretty insane to go there and I asked Virgil about that and Virgil said we just take one fight at a time we're not looking at a streak but it is a streak and and if the Lakers their record was what 33 in a row and then Golden State I think broke it correct yep, yep. that's not about 35 fights or 35 matches you're talking about a guy with hundreds and hundreds including amateur pro different levels wow now, outside, Mikey Garcia, Mayweather, uh, Ward, they look very simple. They look very boring. They look slow. But once you're facing them, it's a different story. Now, 
Kovalev, when he first came to the United States, no promoter wanted to sign him because they didn't think he'll mount up to much. And he fought the hard way, and I, he even killed a guy in the ring because he hit yeah, so hard. Yeah, I saw that. Bad, but, and he's felt bad about it ever since. Yeah, he's so bad, and, and he comes from a very rough area where he was a, he was a thug. He was a, a, a hoodlum. He was in the streets of Russia or surviving. And he, he actually wrote a book where he, where he says they even tried all kinds of drugs and everything. But to him, both of them, to me, they're two of the best fighters, pound for pound, one and two, two and one. And this fight should get much more buzz than what it's getting. It really should. I feel the same way. People, there's nowhere near enough attention going on right now for this fight. For one, because the first fight was a great fight. It was a great fight. Yeah, was, no, I agree. So you had knockdowns? I, 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 I mean, my thumb on it. Why not? Because they are trash talking, and usually trash talking and animosity leads to tune-ins and leads to people. But who knows? I don't know what the reason is, but if the fight's epic, then everybody will tune in. It, it depends how the fight goes. Now, um, well, I think 2017 is a year of boxing, so I have no reason to believe this won't be another great fight. We've only had one dud the whole year, right? and that was that Canelo-Chavez uh, sparring match where I, for some reason, despite telling you 100,000 times that Chavez was a bum, I actually believed that Chavez was going to come in and fight, and, well, uh, and, and, you know, and we saw how that went. Well, the problem was, look, the guy walks around at 190. That's his weight, and he can make 168, 164, and he actually weighed in before the weigh-in at 163. So he miscalculation on how much he weighed and that killed him. It took away his legs. It took away his power. It is what it is. I mean, Canelo, congrats. He pulled it off. Now Canelo's fighting Triple G in September. And it's funny, even though Triple G is a favorite in Vegas, a lot of people in gyms are favoring Canelo. Maybe they're going with like they're supporting, you know, I'm going for the Mexican guy. Or yeah. Mexican or, <laughs> I think they're no, going with their heart. They're yeah. also they could be going with youth. There's plenty of reasons. It's not like Canelo is a bum by any means, but I also think they're a victim of the moment because in the last fight they saw Canelo pitch a shutout. And in the last fight they saw with Triple G, Triple G was in a dog fight. But the difference is that Triple G is always in with an A fighter. Yeah. Always. Like he's in the, the fight with Kell Brook. Kell Brook is an A fighter. He's smaller than him, Used but to be he's an A fighter. A fighter. <laughs> he turned you into know, a D fighter. I don't know about that. He was an A fighter again against Errol Spence. So that I don't I don't believe that either. And and here's the big difference between Canelo and Triple G. Triple G has over 300 amateur fights. He's a silver medalist. The experience factor. Sometimes you can't buy something. You can't buy experience. Can't buy that. Canelo and you're not gonna throw something at him that he hasn't seen. Right. Yeah, Canelo is a superstar, and he sells more than anyone in boxing. He just sold a million pay-per-views when you know everybody's streaming fights. So yeah. the fact that you sell a million is That incredible. says a lot. Absolutely. Now, Triple G within the boxing community is huge. It is not no one that, when he goes to fights, he gets mobbed. Yep. So I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've been there with him. Yeah, stuff up. You remember when he ran around the ring, people were going crazy before the fight. <laughs> people were going nuts. Now he beats Canelo. He's back to being the biggest name in boxing worldwide. Canelo wins. It just established him to be a bigger superstar. So a lot rides, is riding on this fight. Um, here's the crazy part. A week or two before Canelo, Triple G will be made with the McGregor. It's going to happen. You believe? Already, no, no, no. It's, it's going to happen. They're already negotiating at the highest level about a date. Uh, so good. So what you're telling me is, is that Canelo Triple G can redeem the debacle of... Uh... Of McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, that's supposed to be on August 26th, I think they're saying now. Something, yes, that is correct. But not only redeem, but here's the crazy part. It's going to cross-promote both events. Yeah. Because the people will say, is this real boxing? Is this fake boxing? You know Mayweather and McGregor press conferences will be epic. It doesn't matter whether you like the fight or not. Oh, they're yeah. Gonna, the, the pre, the pre, they'll sell the fight. Those two guys gonna, are the best salesmen in, in uh, boxing and UFC, respectively. Yeah, and, and they're going to talk so much smack. And every day we're going to be like, can you believe what Conor just said? Can you yep. believe what Floyd just said? And and honestly, I think that's going to help sell the Canelo Triple G fight because people will tune into boxing and see, oh, what else is happening? Or what does Canelo have to say about it? What is true? Because both can, well, Canelo faced Mayweather. Obviously, it's his only loss. He was a young kid, but he made a lot of money. He learned from it. He improved from it. He actually picked up stuff from Floyd. You can see some of the motions that he does in the ring. And Triple G has said many, many times, I will fight Floyd. I'm even willing to go down to 154 only for Floyd. So I don't care if nobody else in the world watches the fight. I'll buy pay-per-view and a front row ticket if I can, because that's the fight I want to see is Triple G and Canelo. So, <laughs> so, you know, they can keep the other nonsense. But this weekend is what we want to talk about right now. And this weekend, you're favoring SOG for round 13 of Ward Kovalev. That is true. And, and I think this, this will be huge for boxing. 
like you said, January started strong with Javante Tank Davis, with Mikey Garcia, with Errol Spence, with the Klitschko Joshua. And and yeah, the Canelo fight was a disappointment, but at least <laughs> at least a million people bought the pay-per-view. Ah, that's good for every every fighter involved. And and now you have um uh Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev. I, I'm just wondering, will will they escalate? Because they're both going to be in Vegas all week. Will they push each other? Will it's going to get? Because the animosity is real. They really hate each other. Yeah, you, and you can, you can see that. You can see that. You can see that after the fight, right in the ring. Usually, guys after they fight, they embrace. Oh man, I learned so much about this dude fighting him. I got so much respect. Nah, they were both like, yeah, whatever, man. No, <laughs> no, no. This, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. This, it, it was. It was not love. Love was no, not love. It, no, this is not WWE. This is not on the nah, side before. They only, it's the only sport you don't play. Mm. Sack no, back. Tell the not. people where they can find you. You can find me on YouTube at ES News, one word, ES News, on Instagram, Ellie Sackback, and on Twitter at Sackback. Just Google ES News. You'll find me anywhere. But stay safe in Paris. Keep doing a great work. Keep updated. Keep us updated on the tennis and all that. And we'll see you guys at the fight. Oh, we're back, hey. we're back live in, in Koreatown, brother. But I appreciate the love. The good Lord got us back safe. Sec back, always a pleasure. Get your sec back. Uh oh. Reporting. Peace. Like. <sighs> so a lot much. of nice insight right it's, there. Uh, some nice insight, especially talking to Buddy McGurk, talking to Virgil Hunter. I like to hear about that quiet confidence that Virgil Hunter has. Virgil Hunter is pretty good and he's, he, he, he you know, maybe he, helped him understand some things right it's all about execution you can have a game plan but if you don't have the proper tools to execute then what does it matter and but and, and but he has it, the proper i was tools. about to say he has the proper tools but it's the in you know will he have the fortitude it's like watching those nba finals games you know that there's going to be a big momentum push or something that where you're going to try to take over a game and that's the same thing that's going to happen in this fight will when the crusher comes out in the first round and try to impose his will if he can survive, I feel like the first three rounds, he'll be able to pull it out again. That's a good point. There it is. That's that's how it is. And you know what else you could pull out? What is that? You could pull out promo code Omar at the 5-4 Club. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that just for $60 a month, you can receive a curated, tailored box of clothing worth more than $120 delivered to your doorstep every single month and before you know it, you'll have a wardrobe. Fellas, you should do this. Ladies, you should buy this for your fellas. Use promo code OMAR, that's O-M-A-R. Go to 54club.com and get fashionable. 54 life and style. I rock 54 all over Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Hard. And you know what? What? Uh, I want to rock Major League Baseball all over the podcast. Why not? Let's speak on it. Everybody steady rocking. <laughs> and we begin to rock. <laughs> steady, steady rocking all night. All night long. Rock. <laughs> stay, steady rock. That's a nice jam. <laughs> stay, stay, steady rock. <laughs> uh, good old soul. It's a stone gas. So, what is going on with the New York Yankees? Hitting a lot of bombs, man. They're, and they're, they're not just hitting bombs, though. They're hitting the ball. They're hitting the baseball. Hitting Opposite the way, bombs. They're going oppo. They're going oppo. <laughs> Bio oppo dulo. It's, it's, it's serious going on out there. And they're getting good pitching. CC Sabathia threw eight scoreless the other night. Yeah, the Yankees. But they're, they're, they're playing, and they're hitting the ball, and their record is reflecting how – they're young. You know what I'm talking about? Because no, you, you, nothing you're saying is making sense. <laughs> because what they're saying, what they're doing is that they're playing a power game. You're saying that they're not using power. They're, they're using power. Oh, no, I didn't say they're not using power. I said they're not only hitting bombs. Yeah, but for the majority, they're relying on the three-run bomb like a lot of the American League teams do. And eventually that catches up with you. I don't know about that. Because as long as Jordan Montgomery is better than advertised, better as long as CC Sabathia is better than he's been in several years. What about the boss man? For uh, you, Tanaka needs a little bit of help, but that's why it's a team. Because how many how many major league teams actually have three good starters? And Lou Severino is lights out right now. He is. He's, he's living up to his out. potential. Yeah. And they have a couple of kids that's down in the minors that are ready to come up and, and put it on you. 
and you're getting Aroldis Chapman back, these boys are a problem right now. Especially, they can run away in the East right now because uh, the Orioles are falling apart because their bullpen has gotten hurt. The Red Sox are inconsistent. The Red Sox are inconsistent, and the Toronto Blue Jays just recently got their lineup back and are just starting to win games, but I don't think they have enough starting pitching or bullpen to to get, you know, I don't think their lineup stacks up. What are you talking about? A guy like Joey Bats, he's older now, and then Edwin Encarnacion's not there. So you have Josh Donaldson, and then you You have Tulo. Yeah, and you have Tulo. Tulo's not what he used to be. Yeah. I mean, so you have an inconsistent lineup. They're I, not. They're not real. The Red Sox are the team to watch. I agree. And if division. they can pull it together, then they can, they can. Then then they can challenge the Yankees. It's not like it's you know it's super stretched out. It's just that when you get hot in the way that the Yankees are hot right now, this can cause serious problems. You got this kid Aaron Judge. That mash that Aaron Judge hit yesterday it was a mash. Was like a was like a a home run derby bomb. It was like those bombs Giancarlo was hitting. It was a meatball though. I don't care what it was. It was in the major league, so the guy yeah, threw but, it. But it was a meatball, center cut. So why why do why is it 80, so hard 85. for you to give the guy credit for what he did? Well, he's supposed to he, he get yes. He so why so why so then why why does this other stuff matter? Because LeBron James dunks the basketball when the defenders aren't there. So what is it less impressive that he dunked the basketball? It's a meatball, center cut. As a BP fastball that he crushed 495 feet, just like most of the people who get that same pitch are supposed to do. He did what he was supposed to but do. But they don't. But they do when they get it. That kid because has 21 bombs and leads the league. Because they're making mistakes right now. And he's right hitting now, 342 or 345. Which, is, which the market is going to adjust themselves. The market will adjust themselves. Why are you such a hater? I just don't understand. Listen, when you run back the tape, you'll understand. I like the kid, but you guys thinking that Aaron Judge is going to hit 45, 50 home runs and bat 340, 350 should catch a hold of himself because he is not Babe Ruth. Aaron Judge will hit 40 bombs. He's not Babe Ruth. And he's not Hank Aaron. Aaron Judge will hit 40 bombs. That's the same thing that everybody said about You're saying that he's not going to hit 40 bombs. That's the same thing. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Answer wait, the question. Wait a minute. That's the same thing that everybody said about Trevor Story last year, who hit 27 bombs in Ju- by July and ended up going on the DL. So we have to yeah, wait. He got hurt. Yeah, but that's the same thing that could happen to everybody. What do you you? I think you still got jet lag. Your brain is messed up. No. Yeah, he. Uh, of course, he got hurt. If Trevor Story didn't get hurt, he would have hit 40 bombs. And we can still say the same thing about Aaron Judge because you he can gets say hurt. the same thing about anybody in any sport. If they get hurt, we're talking about in a scenario if where he the plays, person if stays he play, healthy, if he which plays, has nothing to do with whether or not how they pitch him, whether or not he, he remains the healthy. whole season, he will hit 40 bombs. So then why are you hating? But I'm, I'm not hating. I'm telling you that the market will adjust itself because he is not going to hit 340 and hit 40 bombs. It's just not baseball. How it's many, baseball for go, a handful so, of guys so how many people, in the history of baseball. Yeah, and how many? And you think that this kid is going to make history? Perhaps that's, that's a good. I, I don't. Is, think that's so. why it's a once in a generation talent. He didn't I do it in the minor leagues. I can't why put him. Do I can't put a cap on him just because that's what the numbers say. Maybe the kids ends up hitting three ten with forty five bombs. You're acting like that, that's, that's a, a gr- that's a bad season. He's already had a great season. He could wrap it up right now, and he had a great season, and he probably will win the rookie of the year just by yeah. just by what he's done now. Yeah, but I'm just saying that the market will adjust itself because they will figure him out. He won't be getting served up meatballs because. Matt Holiday is not going to give him the protection that he needs. The, the teams don't fear Matt Holiday like that. So if it comes down to it and they'll say, you know what? Well, either we'll walk Aaron Judge, especially since they have the little pony league rule now that you can put up four, four fingers. Yep. Either we'll walk Aaron Judge or we'll and pitch to Matt Holiday or we'll just throw him a bunch of junk. And then he'll have to adjust uh, to hitting a bunch of junk. Well, that's what they've been trying to do. Yeah, but the market. So, so what? I, I the market what hasn't, you're they, they haven't, they haven't, you're, they you're, haven't you're, done that. What are you though. trying to say? You're saying that I, the market is going to adjust. The market is going to adjust itself. So then what do you say? You're just, right now, you're trying to say Aaron Judge is a bum. No, I'm not saying he's a bum. I didn't say that by any stretch of imagination, but his numbers are going to come down. Just like Sanchez, when he came up, Gary Sanchez came up last year, almost hit 20 bombs in two months, and everybody thought that he was the next coming. Now Gary Sanchez has holes in his swings like they figure out. Everybody's watching Gary for Gary Sanchez just came off the DL. And it by the way, matter. Gary Sanchez is also having a great season. So, yeah. by the way, Gary, Gary Sanchez, Sanchez is number two in the major leagues with all catchers for home runs. That's so, catchers, but that's not the league. That's not the entire no, league. No, we're talking last about his. Year, but no, that's year. because the guy who bats in two slots in front of him leads all of the league. That, that doesn't stop him from hitting home runs. It does because no, he's doesn't. not there with the protection. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah, stop it him. It does. Doesn't stop him from hitting bombs. When you were supposed to, when the way that you guys are putting it together, you guys think that a guy's going to hit bombs all year. It doesn't happen. Gary Sanchez is going to hit 25 bombs this year. Probably. So why are you acting like, I just don't so understand where the hate is like? coming from. What is that? He's hitting 280. What are you, why are you hating? 
I just don't understand. Why are you so mad at the Yankees? You're talking right now. You're talking down on the Yankees, and I'm they're hot right down. now. Yes, you are. When I'm you run not, back I'm to not, tape, you'll hear it. I'm just not you're, agreeing with. I'm just, I'm you're just not agreeing to, with what? The kid just hit a 500 foot mash with two bombs yesterday. The reason that he hit two bombs is because he had six or seven games with no bombs, where he was taking his walks. He also took his walk yesterday. The guy advances when the ball gets away from the catcher. He plays he the, game the, right he the game the right way. Playing the game the right way. For some reason, you're going in as though there's something wrong with his game. Yeah, he's going to have holes in the swing. So does everybody else who's ever played. Miguel Cabrera's hitting 270 right now. He's probably the greatest hitter I've ever seen ever in life. The league will adjust. And his projection, they projected him to be more of a Mike Stanton type of player than they do right. Babe Ruth. So you thinking that he's Babe Ruth? I never said that he's Babe Ruth. I said he's going to hit 40 bombs. That's what I said. I said he's going to hit 40 bombs and he's going to hit over 300. The numbers that he's putting up right now would be in the Barry Bond type of stratosphere. And And I never said that. I said that he's going to hit 40 bombs or more and he's going to hit over 300. And for any executive in Major League Baseball, you'll take that from your right fielder. You sure will. So I don't understand why you want to argue about it. I'm not arguing about it. I'm telling you that the market's going to adjust itself. You're... You on some some of that bull right now. You you on that nonsense. Just like the write Baltimore Warriors are write on that it, nonsense. Write it, write it out this year and the next year, next maybe in the second half, you'll see adjustments being made. Maybe so. That's baseball. That's why we watch. Yeah. If the kid was just if, if anybody was ever just totally and completely unsolvable, you wouldn't even need to watch him play. Of course you the market's still need gonna to watch adjust. It. You still that's need to a, watch that's it. how it goes. This is major leagues are the best of the best. Cream and when crop. you and when you, and guess what? He's going to get carved when he goes up against the greatest pitchers cuz everybody gets carved when they go up right. against the greatest pitchers. That doesn't make him any less than. That's how the game works. I'm not saying that he's less than. I'm saying that he's taking advantage of opportunity. He hit a meatball. Okay, he, so hit, give he, him hit, love. he hit a meatball center cut. And he's supposed to. Okay? He's doing his job. So then why are you why are you not, why is I'm there not, why is there an undertone of like, that's he's, a, that's he's you not good enough? That's, no, I did not, not I did not say he was not good enough. I'm guys, you guys call him when you get a chance to to correct the icons that because for some reason I guess he left his sense of being able to detect his own tone in Paris, but you can call us at four two four two five four zone. That's area code four two four two five four nine six six three. I do believe, and you guys call in. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think about Aaron Judge, about the Yankees, about the State of the Union. Uh, because even though the Yankees are playing great baseball, the Houston Astros are still the best team in baseball. And really, low-key, I actually think the Colorado Rockies might be the best team in baseball right now. I think now. the Colorado Rockies are better than the Houston Astros. For they the, just pounded the Cubs. Yeah, and for, for the simple fact that their pitching's better now because the yeah. Astros' rotation is decimated. It they, sure is. Uh, Lance McCullers just went down. Dallas Keuchel is gone. Musgrove uh, is just uh, coming yeah, back. Musgrove is just coming back, and he's not like a number one or anything no. like that. So you're talking about a number three or four starters. So now they're going to have to start pulling kids up from the minor leagues. Now, yeah. what do you think about what do you think about Colorado's young pitching? Do you think they'll be able to last an entire season, though? I think that they'll be able because they got a lot of young pitchers. Like, yeah. they don't even have one veteran there. They well, don't have one veteran bum there. Well, me and you spoke about it earlier in the week. One of the biggest changes is that you have Bud Black, who's actually a pitching coach, who's going to Colorado, who has offense, rather than when he was in San Diego and he just had a pitching staff and no offense. Right. So now he gets to adjust these kids. He gets to get them fine And teach them how to pitch. And teach them how to pitch. And he's probably in the dugout calling pitches and helping them out so that they can win games because you see these kids that they've been bringing back and forth for a couple of years that weren't successful now being successful. Right. And there's a reason for that because Bud Black knows about pitching. He's not sure a great does. coach like that, but when you have offense <laughs> already built in, you have Nolan Arenado. He's you can argue that he's the best player in baseball. Sure can. I mean, his numbers sure can. are through the roof. Are through the roof. And that's in I, Colorado, I, away from Colorado, no matter where you want it. Uh-huh. And he's going to hit 300. And he's going to hit 40 bombs. He's going to have 130 ribeyes. And so, you know, you're talking about Cargo, who's streaky. And Charlie Blackman's yeah. one of the best center fielders in baseball offensively. And yeah, I was about to say, he mashes. And then you got DJ LeMayhew. He won a batting title last year. Yeah. Now all you need is a little pitching. And they, and Ian Desmond is balling. Yeah, and then you close the back end of your bullpen. With with Greg Holland, who's yeah, with surgically Holland. repaired and is yeah. working right. Yeah. And now what do you think about the Minnesota Twins? Are you buying or selling the Twins? Are they legit you or know, not? Or is Cleveland going to take that that center, that that at Central? I think Cleveland can battle. I mean, Minnesota can battle them all the way, but uh, Minnesota doesn't have enough experience. They have a bunch of kids that they're not that going to be inconsistent and then eventually they'll wear down. Yeah. Because they I haven't think even Cleveland got hot Central. I mean, it, yeah, it hasn't even got hot across and, the country and, yet. And he really it affects them it the affects season. You. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I like what the Nationals are doing. The Mets have come back. They got a lot of guys coming back. You the Mets aren't real. Cespedes came back and started mashing. No, the Mets aren't real. The Mets are a <laughs> sub-500 team. I'm yeah. just saying. And besides that, they're playing in, in the same division as the Nationals who are running away. I mean, they're nine and a half games out. If you're 10, 12 games out at the All-Star break, you know, you're sellers. You're not buyers. Right. And Terry Collins is not really the greatest coach known to mankind. <laughs> you know, because it's, now what do you think about the Dodgers, though? Because the Dodgers have picked up the pace. Yeah. And they're plugging and playing, bringing up these kids. These kids, man, this is where it is, man. Youth movement. That youth movement is real. Cody Bellinger is real. He does Corey's, not want to do Seager. anything to do with the minor leagues ever again. Yeah, and Seager is real. But you have a problem in center field with Jack Peterson because Peterson is not you know, being consistent. He gives you good defense, but is that enough to, to hold the center field spot down? You know, and you have Puig. He's inconsistent. I don't feel like the Dodgers, they're going to have to rely on Clayton Kershaw, which, which is they un- always do. Uh-huh. I which mean, is, but which is unfair to him. No, actually, Clayton Kershaw gets paid 30 something million dollars a year. It's not unfair to him. Yeah. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw it gets paid so that they can rely on him. So well, I, well, I don't no, really no, 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 no. What they can rely on him for one game, maybe two in a week. But what about the rest of the, the other five games or six games? That's that's up to the team. The team has to play. For sure. I'm just saying that when he's on the bump, I don't want to hear anything about Clayton Kershaw. No, no, no. You, you know what I mean? And he holds up his ends of the bargain most of the time. But he definitely can't win without run support, and that's what he's been up with the past few games. But overall, the Dodgers are real, but I don't think they have enough to get over the hump. They have. A Do cl- you think they're – I mean, they're literally neck and neck right now with the, the Diamondbacks. Do you yeah. think that the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are a problem? I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Robbie Ray seems like he's taking a page out of Clayton Kershaw's book and is figuring out how to – Get things together over there. Yeah, he throws much, much harder. He throws in high 90s, and then you're talking about them with a lot of offense over there. Jake Lamb and uh, Paulie Goldsmith. This is something that the Dodgers don't have. They have the kids that can swing the stick, but they're inconsistent right now just because they don't have experience. But they're getting a lot of help in that, that you know, the low-key Homer Dome, which is the Arizona Diamondback Stadium. Right. Uh, because well, but, but Goldschmidt and Jake Lamb hit him out. No, anyway. no, 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 no. <laughs> Paulie do- Goldschmidt is one of the best offensive players in baseball. He's yes. one of the best all-around players in baseball. Yes, he's the best first baseman in baseball. They, he's all world. Mm-hmm. He's all world. But but the rest of the guys, you know, they have a serious squad. It's up to them with the front row pitching, and I don't really believe in Zach Greinke like that. Neither do I, and and he's hurt me on my team before. Now, what is your take on uh, what's your take on the Chicago Cubs and this Milwaukee uh, Brewers situation? Do you think that I personally don't think the Brewers are real? No, uh, they're not real, but they're bringing up youngsters too. But how long will it take for the Cubs to actually? But how long will it take Joe Madden and his baseball mind to actually get things together? where it's supposed to be. You know what? I was thinking about that. And one of the problems with Joe Madden right now, it looked like he might be caught up on a little ego trip because this thing with Kyle Schwarber is hurting the team. And you huh. and you guys have Speak a lot on of, it. Yeah, you guys have a lot of kids in the minor leagues that could come up and play. And Kyle Schwarber is barely batting a hundred and what, sixty, hundred and seventy, something it's like brutal. that. It's brutal, I can tell you that yeah, much. And and that's hurting the team. So you're spot playing Javi Baez, which he should find a place for him to play all the time. Especially since he can play so many different positions. Exactly. You have Almara I mean, you have the other kid, Eloy Jimenez, in the minor league that you can bring up that's supposed to be all-world, uber-super prospect, and we're sticking with Kyle Schwarber because he'll hit a mammoth three-run bomb every now and then. Well, and he was a World Series hero. He never has to buy a drink again, and that goes a long way, apparently, in Joe Madden's book. Yeah, and and, I mean— Maybe they'll give him the phantom injury. They need to. They'll let him go down to the minor league, sit down, back up off of him, and get his mind together. Yeah, maybe so. Whew. Fresh off the plane, folks. This is a serious edition of the Ozone. Got to get it. Got to get in it. Gotta I got to it. have it. I got to have it. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you guys at the parade, uh, or we'll see you next week with the greatest comeback story of all time. Ooh. Even though I don't even know if it went seven, it would even be over next week with the way the NBA <laughs> plays. We'll right. see you guys after the All-Star game, which is in Miami, by the way. If you have the means, go enjoy yourself on a hot summer day in Miami for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. You'll have a blast. You got anything else to offer over there, Icon? No, that's a lot, man. That was a lot. No, 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 no. It's a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for for coming with us uh, over to Uninterrupted. It has been a, a smooth transition, and we really appreciate the support. We love the Ozone. We love you guys for supporting us because without you, we are nothing. want to invite you guys to be the game changer. Do the best you can do and recognize ways that you can connect with people instead of divide them. I am Omar Miller, your host, and this is the Ozone. Ozone. Ozone.